This message comes from Wall Street Journal sponsor C3 AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at c3.ai. The SEC is reportedly probing the communications of OpenAI CEO Sam Altman over whether he misled investors. OpenAI has taken in billions of dollars in investments from outside companies. And if indeed he made misleading statements, that could be an issue. Plus, an Illinois judge orders Donald Trump's removal from the state's primary ballot. And we'll look at whether IKEA can save the American mall. It's Thursday, February 29th. I'm Luke Vargas for The Wall Street Journal, and here is the AM edition of What's News, the top headlines and business stories moving your world today. We begin with a journal exclusive this morning as we've learned that the Securities and Exchange Commission is investigating whether OpenAI has misled investors. According to people familiar with the matter, the regulator is examining internal communications of CEO Sam Altman after the company's board last year temporarily ousted him for an alleged lack of candor. Journal tech reporter Sam Schechner told us that OpenAI's governance structure with a not-for-profit board and a for-profit arm is at issue again. The SEC hasn't said exactly what it is probing, but people familiar with the investigation described it to my colleagues as a predictable response to what happened last year. And if you recall, OpenAI's board ousted CEO Sam Altman, saying that he hadn't been consistently candid in his communications. A few days later, he was reinstated, but that crazy weekend of turmoil has sparked a lot of scrutiny. The SEC hasn't pointed to specific statements or communications by Altman that it deemed misleading, but it is against securities law to mislead investors. So if indeed he made misleading statements, as the board claimed at the time, that could be an issue. And as Sam went on to explain, this probe from the SEC is just a small part of the fallout from last year's turmoil at OpenAI. For instance, there were questions at the time from regulators and, and law enforcement entities such as the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan. That investigation is still ongoing. And meanwhile, internally, OpenAI is still wrestling with the fallout of this. As part of Altman's return, the company appointed two new board members who then commissioned a review of the events around his firing. And so that review, which is being done by an outside law firm, is expected to wrap up in a few weeks. So there's still more shoes to drop in this story. The Federal Aviation Administration has given Boeing 90 days to come up with a plan to address systemic quality control issues in its production. The FAA grounded scores of MAX 9 jets after the mid-air blowout of a door plug on an Alaska Airlines flight last month. The agency later cleared the grounded planes to resume flying after inspections, but said that Boeing could not expand its production of the 737 MAX. Boeing's CEO has responded to the FAA deadline and says the plane maker is committed to addressing concerns and developing a comprehensive action plan. It comes after an independent panel established by the FAA said earlier this week that Boeing's efforts to improve its safety culture after two 737 MAX crashes are falling short. 
Several of the big four accounting firms are being called out by regulators for unacceptably high rates of deficient audits of public companies. According to the results of an annual inspection by the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, Deloitte, EY, and PricewaterhouseCoopers had an average deficiency rate of about 24% in their audits of companies' 2021 financial statements, up from 13% a year earlier. And I asked the journal's Europe finance editor, Alex Frangos, what to make of those deficiency rates. Investors rely on auditors to give them as true a picture as they can hope for of what a company's actual underlying results are. Are they making money? Are they losing money? Are the numbers that you're seeing true so that you can decide, is this company worth investing in? And so it's really important that the quality of audits is high. And this uh, PCAOB did an audit of the audits, and a very high percentage of them were not up to snuff. And, and Alex, this is coming as we've reported over the course of several years that these accounting firms are struggling to recruit young workers and also dealing with the number of auditors moving on from the profession. It is an industry in flux, but there's one school of thought that there aren't enough accountants. And then there's another school of thought that they don't have the right kind of accountants or they're not being given the proper mandate to do what they need to do. And we should note that KPMG's audit deficiency rate was redacted from the report, and it couldn't be determined why, though a spokesman said the company was focused on improving its audit approach, as did spokespeople for PwC, Deloitte, and EY. Brewery giant AB InBev and the Teamsters Union have reached a tentative agreement on a new labor contract, narrowly avoiding a strike at breweries across the U.S., The deal includes an hourly raise of $8 and offers significant job security for union members, with the union saying that a vote to ratify the agreement is expected next week. Shortly after announcing the deal, the beer giant also said that U.S. revenue fell 17.3% in the latest quarter amid sluggish sales of Bud Light. That is after AB InBev's promotion with a transgender influencer last year led to a broader boycott of Bud Beer. Shares of media giant Paramount Global have risen off hours after it reported a surprise profit thanks to higher subscription prices for its streaming service. 4.1 million new subscribers to Paramount Plus also helped to boost direct-to-consumer revenues by 34% in the latest quarter, though overall revenue was down 6% on the year. And as Journal Heard on the Street tech columnist Dan Gallagher told us, those results aren't likely to help Paramount in its discussions with potential buyers. The TV ad business continues to see strong declines and will likely keep seeing that in the future as TV subscribers continue cutting the cord. The theatrical business will also see some pressure this year because a lot of releases were delayed because of the Hollywood strikes and some of them were even pushed to 2025. Streaming is continuing to improve, but the company said today that it expects its streaming business to reach profitability in 2025, but that will likely be too late considering all the discussions it is currently under with potential buyers. And speaking of the TV industry, we want to know how streaming has changed your viewing habits and what questions you have about the industry's future as we see more consolidation. Send us a note or record a voice memo on your phone and send that to us at wnpod at wsj.com. That's wnpod at wsj.com or leave us a voicemail at 212-416-4328. Just be sure to include your name and location because we might use it on the show.
Coming up, Illinois orders Donald Trump's name removed from its primary ballot. Plus, lawmakers are set to vote on a stopgap spending bill to avoid a partial government shutdown. Those stories and more after the break. This message comes from Wall Street Journal sponsor C3AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at c3.ai. Congressional lawmakers in D.C. have unveiled a deal to avoid a partial government shutdown this weekend, with a House vote on a stopgap spending bill coming as early as this afternoon. Top Democrats and Republicans in the House and Senate have spent months struggling to complete the dozen bills that fund federal agencies, but they say they hope to hold votes on them next month after tackling this week's short-term legislation. A judge in Illinois has ordered that Donald Trump's name be removed from its March 19th primary ballot, citing a clause of the 14th Amendment disqualifying those who engaged in insurrection or rebellion from office. However, the judge put the ruling on hold to allow for an appeal, which a Trump campaign spokesman said would be forthcoming. The fate of yesterday's ruling could hinge on a coming Supreme Court decision on Colorado's removal of Trump from the ballot, which also invoked the 14th Amendment. The Supreme Court appears likely to restore Trump's ballot access in that case, with justices across the ideological spectrum suggesting that Congress, not individual states, must set standards for when a candidate can be disqualified for engaging in insurrection. Trump has denied any wrongdoing. President Biden has been declared fit for duty according to the results of his annual physical. White House physician Dr. Kevin O'Connor disclosed that Biden uses a mask at night to treat sleep apnea and remains on medication for an irregular heartbeat and high cholesterol. He also noted that Biden's gait had stiffened, likely due to age-related changes to his spine, and that his range of motion had slightly decreased due to arthritis, but that no treatment was required beyond ongoing physical therapy. A neurological exam turned up no red flags, though Biden did not undergo a cognitive screening, which White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said the president's neurologist didn't believe was necessary. And President Biden and former President Donald Trump will both travel to the Mexican border in Texas today after congressional talks on a deal to rein in illegal migration collapsed. Biden will visit Brownsville in the Rio Grande Valley, while Trump will head to Eagle Pass, both areas that are viewed as border security hotspots in the state. IKEA is looking to breathe new life into the struggling shopping mall in a bid to lure shoppers as they return to physical stores in the wake of the pandemic. Inca Group, which operates most of the world's IKEA stores, has been assembling its own mall empire spanning China, Europe, and the United States. But given the popularity of online shopping and declining foot traffic to U.S. malls in recent years, why is IKEA choosing to double down on this seemingly unfashionable asset? Our Kate Bullivant spoke with WSJ corporate reporter Trevor Moss and began by asking him that very question. They're doubling down on the mall because they wanted originally to diversify away from retail and to develop new parts of their business. 
And what we've seen as we've emerged from the pandemic is that physical shopping is bouncing back. People do still like to shop physically as well as shopping online, but the concept has to be right. People are a bit more choosy. They like more of an experience when they go shopping. So retailers that can offer some sort of experience and something above the level of just shopping, they're finding that they are still managing to resonate with consumers. What Inca has as its secret weapon, of course, is that it operates IKEA stores. They remain very popular and a big part of their strategy then is to anchor their malls with an IKEA store. They know that that will bring a certain level of traffic into the mall, but an IKEA store on its own probably can't support a mall, so they're looking at all these other concepts to try and bring in more people and make them more popular. Okay, Trevor, so with that in mind, what are some of the ways that Inca Group are hoping to draw people in? One of the concepts that they've just recently started is called Hey Workshop. That's a WeWork-style co-working space. The idea being that you set one of these up inside the mall that brings a certain level of traffic into the mall. We all know that WeWork has had its difficulties with its particular business model, but that doesn't mean that that the whole concept of co-working doesn't work. Many other co-working operators are, are doing pretty well. Inca Group sees Hay Workshop as one of the, the tools it, it, it can use to try and attract people to the mall. They've recently opened um, the third one of these spaces in San Francisco, and they said it was had a lot of demand even before it was opened. And they're confident that this is a concept that can bring a lot of traffic into their shopping malls. Another one is a, a food hall where they'll be offering Nordic-inspired food, Again, that's something that increases traffic into the mall. Inca also would like these concepts to be revenue earners in their own right, but they also see them as a way of generating traffic and getting more life into these properties. Trevor, you mentioned in your reporting that IKEA has been testing this already in a few locations. So can you tell us, is it working for them? One location where... Inca says that that the model is working well, is a a mall in Hammersmith in London. And that location was struggling during the pandemic. Since then, the the IKEA store there has been picking up business. And they say that traffic there has roughly doubled uh, last year relative to the year before, uh, pretty much back to pre-pandemic levels. And they say that that's largely down to their efforts to make the the mall, just a more vibrant place, a more interesting place to shop. So there is still a future for the shopping mall, but operators do need to think a bit harder about how to run those and what kind of things they need to use the space for, not just retail, probably something a bit more diverse. That was WSJ corporate reporter Trevor Moss. Trevor, thanks for joining me. Thank you. And that is What's News for Thursday morning. Today's episode was produced by Kate Bullivant and Charlie Duffield. Our supervising producer is Sandra Kilhoff, and I'm Luke Vargas for The Wall Street Journal. We will be back tonight with a new show. Until then, thanks for listening. This message comes from Wall Street Journal sponsor C3AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at C3.ai.